Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. It is, after all, the one hour a day I spend away from my children. Hello, hello. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, October 14th, the Poopin' in the Corner edition. Yeah, that's what we're listening to today. My name is Eamon Ismail. I'm a staff writer at Slate Magazine. My four-month-old son is doing plenty of pooping, so I'm going to try and help this letter writer. Um, yeah, that's my story. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer and contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column. My daughter, Naima, is eight and a half, has never pooped in a corner, and hopefully never will. And we live in Los Angeles, <laughs> California. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. And I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And with our powers combined, we create Mom and Dad are Fighting. <laughs> On today's show, we've got a hilarious question about a kid who is just doing his business in the closet when he should have been in bed two hours ago. Well, funny for everyone except for his tired family. Then we'll advise a listener who is just trying to weather the three-nage temper tantrums. On Slate Plus, we'll be revealing the gadgets that have made our parenting lives easier. If you love recommendations and you love tech, you'll definitely want to stick around for this one. But first, we're going to kick off the show with some triumphs and fails. Jamila, do you have a triumph or fail this week? I have a fail. I decided that I was going to take a break from smoking weed this week just because, you know, like <laughs> it's a good thing to do every here and there. I don't wake and bake. I like drop Naeem off at school and then bake and kind of get myself ready for the rest of the day. And sometimes, depending on like what I have going on in the evenings, I smoke again then. So it's not like I'm smoking all day, every day, but it's usually, you know, twice a day. So I was like, okay, cool. Just go a week without. I made it to 3.41 p.m. yesterday. I started on Monday. I started on Monday and I made it to 3.41 p.m. To be fair, I had accomplished all of my tasks for the day by 3.41, which never happens. And I don't think it's because of weight. I think it's just a coincidence that I managed to get a whole lot of stuff done very quickly. And I was just sitting there and I was like, well, now what? And so I smoked. So that's my fail. Um, I haven't smoked today. So there's that. Well, does like smoking weed make you a better parent or a worse parent? A better parent, I'd say, you know, it curbs my anxiety, makes it easier for me to just chill. Like Naima doesn't always experience me having smoked. Like that's not an everyday thing for her. You know, it's typically like the daily habit I wanted to get out of was the morning smoke. I was like, you know, I just want to start the day, you know, just clear eyed and, and just see what that feels like again, because I've been doing this for a couple of months and it's cool, you know, but let's see something else. But I generally do think that um, I know that having cannabis around in, in general makes me a better parent. See, I feel like with yeah. what you just said, it's actually a success because what you really wanted, you said was the morning and now right. this is two mornings. So I think, hey, you just hadn't defined your sabbatical the right way. 
Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Because it's not like I smoke all day. You know, I could see if it were like, yes. this is an all day, every day thing. It's really just morning and, and evening or afternoon or whatever. And then like, and even the evening, it depends on like, you know, if Naeem is here, then it's probably not happening. Or I might try to do it when she goes to bed, you know, or like maybe before picking her up from dance class, because that's what good moms do. That's what real dance moms do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I'm going to, it's half fail, half triumph. All right. What, what about you, Elizabeth? I'm taking like an, a classic new camp fail where we did something ridiculous and had ridiculous outcomes. So we hosted <laughs> a sort of like homeschool get together, but with a, a couple of the kids' friends and their families like outside. We had these um, Alpha 3 model rockets. So Jeff teaches things about space and and we had these rockets here and so he wanted to do them with the kids and it's always more fun when we have friends so we had friends over and set up in our garage like big tables to build these rockets they're like 12 inches tall if you've ever done model rockets this is what you've done so everybody comes over we make the rockets like it's super fun no matter what the age we're like helping there's a lot of gluing involved we let the kids stick like whatever stickers they want all over them. And then we have a park a couple blocks over. So we all walk over to the park. And once you're there, you have to like insert the motor to the rocket. You like connect that to leads, which fires the rocket. And as part of that, you have to put this like fireproof paper in and then put the parachute in. And all that has to kind of be done in the field. So we're there. The parents are trying to like supervise packing these stuff. So we get the the first launch pad on the bigger kids pack their own. We get the first one on. It's like a big kid launches it. These things go like 240 feet or so up into the air in the park. We have no wind. Like the parachute pops out, floats beautifully down. Another big kid, same thing. Then we get to the little kids ones, which the parents have packed. And I don't know if we like didn't we like crumpled the fire paper too much or we like stuffed the parachute the wrong way but poor little griffin he's he's our youngest person here we put his on he's so excited he goes to push the button it shoots like 250 feet into the air then just like turns nose down no parachute still firing and like just plummets to the ground and comes out and is like bent so now he's crying and we're like you know because his rocket is ruined like all the big kids rockets came down um so we're like you can have another rocket it's fine we got to put another kid's rocket on there you know straight up now this one pops open but the parachute has caught fire and so it has melted oh no also plummets to the ground you know some of them then eventually like just do this like death spiral where like they're hanging by the parachute but the I envision that if there were astronauts, you know, in this tiny rocket, (laughs) it it would be, they would be sick. Um, And then the bigger (laughs) kids are like, this is hysterical. Let's pack like little pieces of grass and stuff so that when it pops open, you know, there's there's like confetti. I think they learned a lot. They all learned that packing the parachute and the fireproof paper is really important, right? Those are important lessons. But it just felt like when you're setting up these activities, you like want, you know, it's like we're there to show them how to do it. And clearly we had no idea. So anyway, we did not start a fire. The kids had a great time. I think like everyone's favorite launch is little Griffin's, even though he mm. <laughs> he was so upset yeah. about his rocket. But I mean, I will never forget it. Just like plummeting nose first into Aww. the ground. But a good how did he feel about it afterwards? Like, no, after I mean, he took home, we gave him an, uh, somebody else's rocket to take home because he was so mad. Like, and we put new stickers on it, everything. Because, I mean, he, I think if it had been an older kid's, 
you know, they would have, because afterwards we were like, best launch, you know, like giving out like little awards. <laughs> and Griffin's was definitely like most memorable. Everyone thought it was fun, yeah. um, except for him. Because, you know, when Aww. you're when you're four, it's not cool to have your rocket destroyed. <laughs> no, it's That's not. Tough. He should have mm-hmm. just done it himself. It would have been fine. Poor baby. Amon, how about you? I have a huge success, I'd say. Um, my son is starting to finally sleep more, which I'm really, really excited about. I cannot tell you how relieved I am. Um, I feel like in the last like three, four episodes, I've just been complaining about not sleeping and I'm starting to sleep again and I feel fantastic. Like I feel amazing. We've been starting to put him to bed at like 8.30 now, like very consistently, like 8.30 hits. My wife and I just get into sleep mode and we start putting him down. And he'll sleep for like three hours at a time before he needs to wake up and get some milk. And I was looking up to see how exactly do you sleep train a baby. And, and some people say when, they let, when they're crying, just let them cry. And eventually they'll get used to it and they won't. They'll, they'll just sleep through the whole night. And I don't think we're there yet. I, I do feel like he needs his nutrients or something. You know, I, I'm not going to let him sit there and cry for food. That doesn't feel right to me. So, or maybe not yet, at least. Yeah. So right no. now, at four months old, I'm I'm like waking up every three hours, which is a huge relief for me. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty much it. I mean, that and we, my family and I went on a vacation this week for my wife's birthday. We went to Puerto Rico, and so just getting here feels like a, a huge success. And then. You know, everything else doesn't bother me anymore. Like, he can blow out his diaper as many times as he wants to. I'm fine with it as long as we get there. Like, my bar for where the success happens or where the fails happen has totally changed in the last week. And I really feel like it doesn't matter. If he wakes up and he's still eating and he's still pooping, I'm happy. So that's kind of where I'm at. Do you use the Wonder Weeks app at all? Hell yeah. Okay, yeah, I love yeah, the Wonder yeah. Weeks. Because I think yeah, right that, now he's in Leap 4. That was like a good um, reminder of knowing when we were going to get those good sleep and when we were going to go through a period of like tougher sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we got a good, we got a couple months here where this should be good. <laughs> I love the Wonder Weeks app. I mean, it even gives me notifications and tells me when these periods are starting and how I can help him through these different periods and right now he's experiencing the world uh, according to this app in like a whole new way and instead of it being bits and pieces of different parts of events he's starting to recognize that there are things that are connected to other things and he's starting to recognize patterns and that's really useful for me as a parent because now I know that I can start playing with him in a certain way and I, and I know that he'll get it you know so I'm, I'm having a lot more fun uh, my wife is having a lot more fun he's sleeping a little bit better I'm sleeping a lot better. <laughs> All I need is sleep. Really, that's the hardest part for me is the no sleep thing. And now that I, I feel like I am getting, starting to like get a little bit, I'm feeling much better. And uh, we're, we're in Puerto Rico right now, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we've just been putting them in the stroller, and a lot of the roads here are super bumpy. And that is just like <laughs> the ultimate sleep, like sleep of fire. Yeah. You cannot stay awake it's for like five minutes out in the stroller here. And so we'll, we'll go for a little walk. We'll come back, and we'll know we'll have at least an hour of him just sleeping in the stroller. So we'll make our tea. We'll like sit on the little porch that we're at the Airbnb we're staying at. It's been, it's been a whole new world for me. I, I feel amazing. That's awesome. I'm so glad. That's awesome. All right, more of that coming up. But first, we're going to take care of some business. I have a special announcement for you today, actually. 
This year marks the 25th anniversary of Slate, and for a limited time only, we're offering our annual Slate Plus membership at $25 off. As a member, you'll get no ads or you'll get no ads on any of our podcasts, unlimited reading on the Slate site, and member-exclusive episodes and segments from us and other shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, and one of my favorites, Political Gap Fest. For the past quarter century, it's crazy to even say it, Slate podcasts have been covering all the major news events, from elections to social issues to historic court decisions. Our culture shows have debated if things are sexist, named the best summer songs, and explained the latest TikTok trends. If we've become a part of your listening routines, we ask that you support our work by joining Slate Plus. Sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash momanddadplus to keep us going for another 25 years. Again, we're giving you $25 off an annual membership through October 31st. So sign up now at slate.com slash momanddadplus. Also, please subscribe to the show. It helps us out, and the show will automatically show up in your feed, so it's good for you and for us. Slate's parenting newsletter is also the best place to be notified about all our parenting content, including Mom and Dad are Fighting, Care and Feeding, and much, much more. Get all of Slate's parenting content right into your inbox every week. Sign up at slate.com slash parenting email. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, on to our first listener question. It's being read, as always, by the fantastic Shasha Leonard. Hi, Mom and Dad. It's 10.15 p.m., and my three-year-old is in the closet, pooping. For the last three nights, he's fought every step of our established bedtime routine. He runs away when it's time to brush teeth dumps buckets of toys out when it is time to put on PJs, growls, grumbles, and moans through story time. This is particularly hard on his older sister, which he thinks is hilarious. After story time, he spends two hours insisting on not going to sleep until announcing that he needs a pull-up on so he can poop. And then he poops. The stinker. I'm looking for advice on the sleep routine and potty training craziness. I'm tired, and he's tired, and I would like everyone to go to bed. How do I break this cycle? Update, it's 10.40 p.m., and he's asleep. Thanks. Pooped Mama. Dear Pooped Mama, 
I can so relate. Okay, so my one of my children's favorite place to poop <laughs> was under the kitchen table. So I can truly relate to this. But you guys, three-year-olds are hard. They're just hard. It's all about the power. The hardest part about potty training is that in reality, you have yielded power to a power-hungry being, right? Like these three-year-olds are trying to take control of, of anything that is not controlled. They want to find out where those lines are. Like, where is this boundary that I'm not allowed to cross? And when you are potty training, you're basically like, you tell me when you need me. And because it's like poop and pee, we have to run and and be part of that. So I think the first thing is separate the sleep training from the potty training. If the sleeping is a mess, put them in a pull-up at night. And and I wouldn't revisit underwear at night or going to the bathroom until sleep is under control. Because until that bedtime routine is really solidified, you, all you're doing is giving him another reason to get up. And unlike when they ask for water or a stuffed animal or an extra hug or kiss, which I'm sure he's doing all of that, but unlike those, it's very hard to deny a bathroom trip. And he knows that. First of all, I would separate those two things. So potty train during the day, leave the nighttime potty training until this this phase of the sleep stuff is, is under control. I think the next thing is that to have a power struggle, you have to be part of that. If he's just screaming for things he wants and you're basically ignoring him, then there's no power struggle. And that would be my advice to basically downplay all of this struggle. I would not ever say you have to go to sleep. I would set up some kind of rule, which is like at this time you go into your room or or whatever these issues are, the, the dumping buckets of toys, I would make a routine chart that either Velcros or flips up with little magnets or that you mark off so that it's kind of fun. And if he completes that, I would give some kind of reward. Now, I'm a big fan of like, if you do this for, you know, the first time is like, we're going to do one week. And if you get one week, here's this little thing you want. Okay, now we're going to do two weeks. Here's and you're doing a sticker chart. So there's instant gratification, but also this like a desire to do more. And I think if you can reward that, like, hey, there is a there is a goal at the end of this. So praise that, obviously, right, when it goes well. When it doesn't go well, I would just stick to your guns of you need to be in your room at this time. And if he leaves, you put him back in. Um, when we had this problem, we used these bedtime passes and they had three passes and they could use them for water, hugs, snuggles, whatever. But once they were gone, they were gone. And then we just returned the kids to the room. Sorry, you're out of passes. Back to your room. Now, listen, it's annoying. You're going to have to return him a whole bunch of times. But the point is, <laughs> you, one, are not saying you have to go to sleep. You can say, you can read your books. You can do whatever, right? Whatever's safe. Um, but you can't be out here. This is the time in which you're in your room. I tell my kids a lot that this is the time in which I do all the prep work and all the things to be a good mom. And so I need this time for me. And so the safest thing for our family is it's now time that he is in his bed or in his room, whatever you make that. And it's my time to be doing this other work. Right. And I, I try to explain that, like, if you're out of bed and I'm in there, then like, I can't get your lunch packed or I can't get this thing done. And there'll be a consequence for that tomorrow. And then the next day, maybe he is looking for something, his favorite shirt or whatever, I will say, I didn't have time to do that because I was with you. So like, basically, you used up my time. So I didn't have the time to do mm -hmm. this thing for you. I, I think the big thing is, though, try not to have the fight about it because the fight <laughs> is like exciting. So anything you can do to just like, 
make it a non a, a non issue about the bedtime like right what you really need is that he's in his room eventually he's going to fall asleep i really love the can making the connection between like what i have to do with this time you know and your needs is something that i'm like connecting for naima a lot just in general in terms of like and even at eight you know like I have things that I'm required to do to keep this whole thing going. If you don't allow those things to happen, you will be disappointed. You will miss out on something. So I think it's great for him to start experiencing that now. And I mean, basically 100% co-sign everything Elizabeth said. He's um, in this moment. This is not nighttime potty training. You know, like if he's going to do this, then he has to go back to wearing the pull-ups. And maybe that's not what he wants, you know? Um, maybe he would prefer to be able to sleep through the night um, in a in a pair of underwear. You can even say like, you know, we were working toward you sleeping through the whole night in your underwear. That's the goal. But, you know, since you've been needing a pull up at night, we're going to have to put on a pull up all night, you know, like and if you go, well, you'll you can change. You'll, you'll get changed, obviously. But like I would also just add do what you can around food and drink mm-hmm. to try to, you know, if there's anything you can do so that maybe it's not as likely that he has to use the bathroom, like giving him some time to sit on the potty before bed. So he doesn't have, you know what I mean? Like before you put the pull up on. Um, so it might not be waiting I like for this. him. A little right? bit of prune like, juice in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I think um, shift that cycle. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, Shift that cycle around so that he can have his nice little, you know, evening poop right before he goes to bed, uh, as opposed to two hours after bedtime. And, you know, now having a pull up that he's starting the night off in pull ups anyway. What do you think? Eamon? That's really interesting. I mean, this is something that I've given a lot of thought to. One of the things that I keep wondering is how do you discipline someone who is not ready for discipline at all at this age. And, and I really love the idea of giving them rewards. And, and I can't think of a better system than Elizabeth's where you have like a poster and you have like all the marked off days. And if they complete these many poops in a row, they get like a chocolate bar or they get a new toy or something like that. Uh, but I can't help but wonder like how this sister's relationship to her younger brother is sort of influencing this. He sounds like he's turning it into a game just to piss her off and he likes being like the annoying brother. So I think maybe there's like a fundamental way to address that first. Like maybe he's looking for attention in the wrong ways for a reason. Mm -hmm. Is he not getting enough attention during the day? Is he not getting enough attention from his sister? Do they not have a a good relationship? Mm -hmm. Um, I tortured my sister a lot. I shared a room with my sister for our whole lives and I used to like leave Legos out on the floor on purpose just because she told me she hated that. And it really, uh, I think, not until we became friends, like after high school, did I really learn to respect her boundaries and not turn torturing her into a game. And I really wish I got to do that sooner because I feel like I missed out on a lot uh, mm-hmm. when it, like having like a relationship with a sibling. And I think we're both trying to make up for that time now. So I, I wonder if there's some way to get the older sister engaged and, and maybe have some more brother-sister time or they can like really become friends and, and maybe he won't want to torment her and maybe he won't want to poop in the closet just to be a troublemaker because he thinks it's funny. I don't know. That's a really good point. I think like 
I am curious, like what's going on with the relationship to the sister. And like, if there aren't thing, like if they aren't having like positive sibling interactions on a daily basis where they're able to play a game or do something where they're enjoying each other's company, I would suggest integrating that now because I think like what Eamon said, you don't want them having to make up for lost time later. It would be better for them not to be at odds in this way from the beginning, you know? We, um, have shared rooms uh, in our old house. All three boys were in a room. And then um, now like the two younger ones are in a room, but we, one of the things we sort of had this was this problem of like um, one, like during story time, right? Like we have kids at different levels that are are different abilities to listen. And so we would sometimes if one was, was being a particular problem is actually basically like deny them the story time, right? So we would say like, you have to stay here. You need to go sit in mom's room or whatever and put on a podcast or, or however you can make that work in your house and do story time with, with the other one. Cause it, it does seem to me from the question, like the issue is that the, this older child probably wants to hear the story, right? And this other child is really disruptive. So if you're committed to reading to them in the room, do not stop when he knocks over the stuff. You know, something that I do is that I often try to sit with the littlest one so that he can see the book or help me hold the book or give him a job that way. And then if he becomes disruptive, I'm going to physically move myself somewhere else and just continue to read. So maybe you need to move to, to, you know, his sister's bed so that she can hear you reading. And I would just ignore everything else that is going on. Because I think if what you're doing is taking away the reading time from her, because you're constantly like, put that away, you you know, do this, all of that, that is going to strain the relationship because your attention that is this story time is, you know, has gone, gone to, her, her little brother who's causing the problem. So I, I completely agree with addressing this issue and maybe giving them like a different good cohesive playing time, but then trying to make this story time something that she can still um, enjoy. I love that. All right. Well, well, thank you so much for writing in pooped mama from, uh, from a future poop daddy. I really appreciate the question and I appreciate the responses. Uh, hopefully you can get your closet back soon and maybe some sleep as well. If you want us to attempt to answer your parenting questions, email us at momanddad@slate.com. That's momanddad@slate.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. 
They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, now on to our second listener question. Take it away, Shasha. Hi, Mom and Dad. My toddler turned three in August and has recently decided that tantrums are the way to go. I'm talking screaming, kicking, punching, tantrums for the smallest little things. For example, she had to take a bath and I turned on the water. Wrong move, Mama. Move, Mama. Wrong move, Mama. What followed was an epic scream fest that lasted almost 30 minutes. I guess she wanted to start off in an empty tub and then turn the water on. Why do they do this? And how do I not lose my mind until this phase, please tell me it's a phase, passes? Tired of the tantrums. Well, you know, I think we got a little preview uh, in the last answer. Three-year-olds are a special breed. It is one of the most difficult stages. It is the stage, you know, the three-nature thing. It's so funny because, like, so many people I've talked to, everyone's heard of the terrible twos, but, like, somehow we keep the secret about three-year-olds until you have a child of your own. So, like, (laughs) two-year-olds have this terrible branding, but three-year-olds, that's when the real show starts. Why do they do this? They're trying to figure out their place in the world. They're still not sure how to interact. And, you know, the more verbal they become, the more it seems like they're understanding what's going on. It's very easy for us to be tricked by that, right? Like a three-year-old can put together, you know, some sort of sentence and can look you in the eye and say yes or no. And you really think that you all are in the same place, but you're not. This is a baby who is lost in the world, trying to figure it out somewhere deep down. They still want to be inside of somebody's womb, relaxing. And instead, they have to deal with you and this cold tub and this hot water or whatever sensory thing is not thrilling or exciting or comfortable to them at that moment. And Think about all of the things throughout our days as adults that might make us want to cry or scream or just yell out, what the fuck, you know, and like that we have so much of what we do throughout the day is controlling our emotions, right? Like I can't yell at this person who cut me off. I can't scream at the top of my lungs if I put my hand in the too hot water because I might scare the baby. There's a lot of control that we're putting into our reactions and our emotion, you know, the, the way that we react to things emotionally rather your child doesn't have the capability to do that. So you're getting the honest reaction, which is I do not want to get in this fucking water. This is not how I wanted to do it. I wanted to get in an empty bathtub and somehow become clean. And that's what it is. So just comfort yourself with the knowledge that this person is not behaving with the rational mind of an adult and cannot be held to the rational standards of an adult. You have to do what you got to do to get through this. That is going to sometimes mean perhaps laying down on the floor with them in the grocery store while they're tantruming out and say, cool, here we are. Let's just talk about it. You know, we're going to disregard everybody and everything that's around us. And we're just going to have this conversation. I'm going to get on the floor with you in the store. And perhaps you seeing me on the floor is going to help you understand that it doesn't make any sense to be on the goddamn floor. Right. (laughs) Like when you look around and see that no other grown person is laying down on the floor. And in fact, grown people never lay on the floor outside of like perhaps their (laughs) living room. And here I am laying down with you. That might be the thing that says, okay, um, I should get this together. That was my trick with Naima like we're tantruming cool let's go we're going to be down here let's both tantrum you know um 
you just have to be patient with yourself. You have to be willing to be adaptable and to try new things. Adjust your uh, methods for responding to things. You want to create consistency. Of course, you want them to learn that they can count on things, right? That like, if mom says she's going to do something, she's going to do it. If I don't do this, then this will happen, right? That things begin to start making sense because I'm helping them begin to make sense for you. Mm. I completely agree with that advice that so much of dealing with a toddler tantrum is like first identifying that the person you are dealing with is not rational. And so I I often (laughs) just repeat the situation to myself. Like I would say, oh, of course you're upset that I filled the bathtub. Like to just acknowledge to myself, like I'm, I'm in a situation which makes no sense in the world I live in. I think the next thing is like, you don't have to get on your child's crazy train. <laughs> I feel like what has really worked for us is trying to have the child understand that I understand why he's frustrated, even if it's nuts, right? So I, I say, I see that you are really upset because I filled the water. You thought that we were getting in an empty tub, and that's really frustrating that that's not what happened. Now, listen, they may hit you or kick you, but I I promise you that if you do this enough, eventually, sometimes they just stop crying. It's like, oh, I've been heard. And I try to be really specific with the language because what they're lacking is that language, right? They're, they're lacking understanding. Like, I feel upset, so I'm mm-hmm. going to scream and yell because that's what I did. I was a baby, and when I yelled, someone fixed my problems. Well, now I'm not a baby anymore. I have these words, but I don't have all the words. And I, I really like these two books um, called The Way I Feel and The Way I Act. And they are just these pictures of kids and words about feelings and the, the like I act silly um, I act mean I act grumpy like starting to give them the language and then mirroring to them like you seem frustrated you seem sad you seem angry and this is why now sometimes they will literally you know say no that's not why it's like then I say like okay um Is it because you wanted to have the tub empty and be filled while you were in it? It's like, okay, well, that's something maybe we can rectify because I can put you in the little bit of tub water, right? And Mm -hmm. now fill it. Like, it it seems like if you can get to the issue, um, but you need something to snap them out of it. And I love Jamila's example of like laying on the floor. Like I totally should (laughs) have, I never did that. I totally should have done that. (laughs) I'm planning on doing that. (laughs) But here's the thing. They also just become completely overwhelmed with these these emotions. Right. And so even if they hear you and they feel you, they may keep hitting, kicking. I think this is a time to start saying, like, we don't hit like I'm going to have to hold your hands because we don't hit other people. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you can start instilling some of those in a very kind and gentle way. There's a ton of good books about um, throwing tantrums. There's a there's a wonderful new, I don't know if it's new, but it's new to us, called Sweep. And I, I actually got it because I thought it was a fall book. It has like a guy sweeping the leaves on the front of the book. But um, 
it the whole like this this kid's bad mood starts by something really really small and then before long like it has just like snowballed right i mean every (laughs) three-year-old can relate to that every adult can relate to that you can also use language of like big problem little problem i think i've talked about this chart before that we have in our house that has the different faces and the face on top is like screaming and it's like your house is on fire and the space at the bottom is like frowning because like you dropped your food and and we refer to that a lot kind of after we're calm like how big did you think this problem is and then i can point to one of the faces and say like well what i saw on your face was here like that the house was on fire when in fact we were here it was really frustrating i now feel like as a as a mom that has hopefully left most of that behind I will see other moms dealing with it. And I always just like walk by and say like, you're doing a great job because it is, especially when those tantrums are in public, they feel awful. Like they feel awful. And there's always that like granny giving you the judgmental Mm -hmm. like eyes or like can't understand why you won't move your child from the center of the aisle. So for, for those parents who are listening, who are beyond this, if you're in the parking lot and there's a mom and the kids like screaming or you're somewhere at the park or in the grocery store, please just tell those, those moms and dads and dads that they're, they're doing a great job because it is, I think such a hard, hard phase. Amon, are you looking forward to this? (laughs) No, <laughs> this is something that I've been dreading for ever, ever since I found out my wife was pregnant. It was like the tantrums. You know, I have nephews and they are, they're twins. And so they really know how to, I know how how to, to get tantrum. the, the <laughs> biggest, they, they know how to get reactions out of people. And I remember one of my nephews was furious because he was flicking the lights on and off in the room. And we were all sitting around trying to have tea as a family. And we just couldn't because it was... It was so annoying. So one of his, uh, his dad actually just grabbed him and said, look, you can't do this while we're, you can do this after we're done, but we're not gonna do this right now. And just the loudest, most insane scream fest happened. But his technique actually worked. What he does is he says, okay, we're gonna reset button now. And what he does is he just plops him on his shoulder and storms out the room and sits him down in a different place and says, okay, we're gonna wait together until you're done. Nope, still tantruming? Okay, we're going to sit around and wait. This is boring for me. It's boring for you, right? Like, this sucks for me. This sucks for you, but we're going to sit and wait. It's really similar to Jamila's. Uh, you know, maybe I like Jamila's strategy a little bit more because then it's less, dis- less disruption for you as a parent. And I'm always looking for the, the, the solution that makes the most sense for you as the person who's supposed to be in charge. Yep. So I might, I might share that with my brother and say, look, what you should do is you should maybe just try lying on the ground in the kitchen and seeing how he reacts or something. Uh, but I, I, I really like that reset button because what I don't want to do is I don't want to reward that bad behavior with escalation. I don't want to make it seem like he's going to get the reaction that he mm-hmm. wants. So what I, really, what I really enjoy about the reset is that it gets them into a place where they can think about something new. You know, yeah. uh, they, they, it might give them an opportunity to forget about what just happened. They might forget that the tub was ever, like it was ever bath time to begin with. And they might have a chance to reset. And I, I guarantee you they won't be upset the second time if it's just a tantrum. It, but if they do are upset the second time, maybe there's something really deep that, they, that does need to be addressed. But if it's just a tantrum, I really like the idea of just pulling them out of the situation so that they can get reacquainted and they can adjust to to the idea that this is a temporary thing and there's something past it. I love that your brother's method includes your brother. Cause I think that's one of the things is like, there are definitely parenting models in which you like remove the child and leave them. 
And I, I think then that's like scary or saying that what mm-hmm. you're feeling is wrong. And I mean, what they're feeling is not wrong, right? Like we all have these feelings. Um, but I like the idea that you're like sitting here. I, I wanted to mention one more book that I've mentioned before called The Rabbit Listened because I think it gives really good um, kind of animal analogies for each of the different feelings after you have something happen. And what was nice for that was that it was like a language the kids um, could talk about. So this this boy has his blocks fall down and then all these animals visit him with different ways to fix the problem. And, and so it was nice to be able to say like, wow, this is like, you're reacting like the bear reacted. Like, let's knock down Mm -hmm. everything in our path. Is that how you're feeling? And, you know, ultimately the whole point is that the, it's a good message for parents too, because what ultimately solved the problem is this bunny who just sits next to the child and listens. And and when the child is ready to process this stuff is there, right? So that's kind of what you're saying. Like, I've taken you to a safe space. You can't hurt anyone. You can't. And if you need to keep doing this, great. Um, But there's no extra attention here. And I'm here for you. And I, I, I mean, listen, Jamila's method is the same thing. Like, I love you so much. I'm on this floor here with you. I'm right here. <laughs> right here. Um, this is crazy, but I'm here with you. And I think fundamentally, like, that's what we're trying to tell our kids, right? Like, this is really annoying that this is happening and I'm a little bit embarrassed. But also, like, I get this is a big emotion and someone has to teach you how to process this. This is not something that we are th- that we are just born with, right? Like, you have to learn how to go through these but yeah <laughs> good luck <laughs> good luck to you oh uh, i feel like i'm just still scared as hell for when my baby starts to tantrum i'm really happy that he can't talk yet <laughs> but uh yeah let's move on to recommendations elizabeth uh do you have anything for us Sure. So I am going to recommend a children's book written by um, U.S. Congresswoman Sharice Davids and um, Nancy E. Mays co-authored with her. And it's called Sharice's Big Voice, A Native Kid Becomes a Congresswoman. Um, Erica McLaremore, who is a friend of the pod and an amazing outdoor educator, posted about this book on her Instagram. And I instantly like put it on hold at the library. And then after checking out the library, bought a copy for my bookshelf. And everyone should have this book. It's just so lovely. It first reminds kids that Native people are still here. It talks about this the vibrant culture of the Ho-Chunk Nation, which Representative Davids is part of. But also, it, it talks about this amazing woman's life being raised outside of this culture, and then how she reconnects with it as an adult. And all of this is done in like the most child-friendly language. It makes it really simple and clear, including like all about the relocation of the Ho-Chunk Nation by the U.S. government, like away mm-hmm. from their homeland. If if this is a topic that you want to talk to your kids about and aren't really sure how to do it, like this book will lay the groundwork in such an amazing way. My kids like loved the story. We're super interested. We like Googled, um, you know, pictures of her to show that she was like in Congress. Like they were just super interested in every aspect of this. And it, it's been a really great conversation starter. I think it's like, a, it's just a wonderful book, even if you have older kids like my my almost 10 year old loved the book like he i checked it when i checked out from the library i read it with the little kids and then he came in and got it off the book pile to like read himself because i think he'd heard it from the other room and like i said we instantly had to add it to our list so definitely go check that out and of course i'm always like pushing erica mcclaremore's instagram because she just has wonderful things about um educating about native peoples and also just about um 
outdoor education and she's on this journey herself to reconnect with her um her nation she was adopted outside of her culture and now is like finding it with her sister so just like the whole thing is wonderful and she has the best recommendations but definitely um check out the the children's book sharice's big voice that sounds really really good yeah i love that well i have a book this week too um, I am recommending Anita Hill's Believing. It came out about two weeks ago. Uh, it's her reflection on the past 30 years of the battle um, to end gender violence. And she talks about herself and her experiences, as well as Christine Blasey Ford um, and the confirmation hearings that put two men accused of sexual violence on the Supreme Court and what it means for us as a society to have people with those sort of accusations over their head um, serving in that role. And she makes some very, I think, common sense recommendations for things we need to do to move forward and questions we should be asking ourselves. Um, And it's just, I think, a really, like, the Hill Thomas moment was one of my earliest political educations. You know, I remember it probably a lot more clearly than I should considering how young I was and it made a big impact on me. So um, I've been an Anita Hill fan since I was a very little girl. So really excited about this latest offering from her. I was going to recommend a book too, but now I don't want to. <laughs> Isn't oh, it about man. an amazing woman? <laughs> no, it's just a book about like post-apocalyptic stuff that I oh, love because it's do like, it. I'm into like fantasy stuff. Yeah, it's, a, it's a book called uh, Elif. It's written by G. Willow Wilson. Uh, it's it's an old book. It's from like 2012, I think, 2013. I, I wonder if that even qualifies for an old book anymore. <laughs> um, but I I'm like tired of reading about babies, and I, I need like a new outlet. And every time I talk to anybody these days, all they want to do is talk about my baby, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> so uh, I, I just started reading this book, and so far it's been awesome. It's about this alternate reality, and this person finds like a book of spells, and they're able to to leave this current plane and go into the next one. And I think she's like, the main character is like in a bad marriage and it's like her outlet to find a way out of her reality and into a new one. I'm hooked already. It's, it's so far, it's been a really easy read and it's one of those things where it's like, you, you gotta find out what happens next. Uh, but if you don't want to read three books all in one week, uh, I can recommend something else. I'm, I'm used to gadgets. I'm, I'm like a very much the dad who wants the latest, newest tech in his pocket all the time. And it's been really hard for me to control my spending, especially with like the new iPhone that just came out. <laughs> so what I did was I just bought a new case for my old one. And honestly, it, it's like just as exciting. And so I'm really proud of myself for not having spent like the thousand dollars it costs to upgrade a phone when my phone still works. So there's that if there's like a dad who's a new dad who wants to figure out how to not (laughs) buy something. Maybe try getting a new case for what you already have. It'll feel new. I like that you put your foot down with yourself. Yes. (laughs) I have to. I have to because I have no self-control when it comes to this stuff. Okay, so that's it for our show. One last time, if you have a question for us, email us at slate.com or post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Jimmy Lemu and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Amen Ismail. Thanks for listening.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.